Welcome to the one-on-one with one and only sports podcast. I'm your host Theo Juan. You're listening to season two of the podcast where we're going to look at the stories and lives of the players, coaches, and personalities that make up the world of Ultimate. Each week I'm going to talk to a new guest. We're going to talk about their journey into Ultimate, what their life in Ultimate looks like, their most memorable Ultimate games, and a fun rapid fire segment to end the episode. If you like the podcast, I would love for you to subscribe or follow on whichever podcast platform you use and get the word out about the podcast to others. You can drop a review on a platform like Apple Podcasts as well. That would be greatly appreciated. Truly appreciate all the support. And new episodes come out every Tuesday. This episode is brought to you by Flatball Collective. Want to show your love for Ultimate and Disc Golf? You got to check out Flatball Collective, an everyday apparel brand inspired by our favorite sports of Ultimate and Disc Golf. It's designed by players from around the world who also happen to be talented artists, and each item represents a unique perspective of the sport. I personally love my Disc is Life sweater because it's super comfortable, and I get to wrap my favorite sport off of the field as well. Tees, hoodies, toques, towels, mugs, and more. Pick up your favorite item today online at Flatball Collective on Instagram or flatballcollective.com. Use code one and only 15 to get 15% off your order. That's code one and only 15 to get 15% off your order. Now with all that done, let's go. This week's guest is Inesh Brinjel. Inesh is a member of Portugal's mixed national team and has represented Portugal six times internationally. At the beach level, Inesh helped Portugal achieve a fourth place finish at the European Championships of Beach Ultimate in 2019 and at the World Championships of Beach Ultimate in 2015 and 2011. She was named runner-up for Ulti World's 2019 European Female Defensive Player of the Year. In 2018, she was runner-up for Ulti World's European Mixed Breakout Player of the Year. At the club level, Inesh is a player coach for the mixed team Ultimate Frisbee Algarve and has played with Cosmic Girls out of Russia at the 2019 European Ultimate Club Finals, helping them achieve a silver medal. At the 2018 European Ultimate Club Finals, she was on Disc Over Lisboa, which came in fourth in the mixed division. She was set to be a member of Yaka, a women's team out of France. She played on the Eurostars Tour in 2018 and 2019, and has a degree in sports science. She currently lives in Portimao, Portugal. Here is my interview with Inesh Brinjel. So I'm here with Inesh Brinjel, all the way from Portugal. A Portugal mixed national team player has also played on the Eurostars. So if you caught the Eurostars tour in your hometown, you're able to see Inesh and the rest of the Eurostars team. So Inesh, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you. Yeah, coming all the way from Portugal there. We're excited. So we're going to start off with your journey. How did you get playing Ultimate in Portugal? We were talking about this off-air a little bit, but Portugal is known a little bit more for the beach scene. They're definitely rising up in the grass ultimate ranks, but Portugal has been very successful on the beach. So how did you get started playing ultimate in your home country of Portugal? Okay, so I was still swimming when my brother-in-law and my sister started playing ultimate. They introduced me to this sport, and at the beginning, I just play a few, not tournaments, like some leagues in Portugal, because I'm a, because I have some competitions on swimming too, but I love this sport. And when I, when I finish 
I had an injury on my shoulder, so I stopped swimming and I start ultimate. So yeah, uh, at the first, uh, I play more, like I said, like in spare time, but quickly realized my passion for this sport and I start to practice and going so some tournaments outside of Portugal and it was amazing. Yeah, the rest is history, as they say. So you said you were a competitive swimmer there. And uh, we've had another competitive swimmer on in Aaron Daly. So it's kind of cool to hear the elite level swimmer transitioning to another sport there. So what did swimming teach you? What skills did you have from swimming that were able to transfer over to ultimate? Oh, it's hard. Maybe my cardio part. It's a, a good point. I think in terms of the collective sport, I played when I'm a kid, I played to basketball and other like uh, football, like soccer, not football, football. Non-American football. <laughs> Non-American football. And this type of sports helped me to understand the game. But swimming helped me on the cardio part and my physical preparation, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely some good transfer over in terms of the cardio aspect for ultimate there so you mentioned earlier you started playing in some leagues in portugal and outside of portugal some tournaments maybe so what led you to get onto the national team eventually you played at the 2011 world championships of beach ultimate coming in fourth so pretty big deal there so how did you get involved there the community in portugal um, now now it becomes be better and bigger but at the beginning it, it is too small and in terms of girls, more smaller. <laughs> so when they proposed to go to the world champions in 2011, I had a good physical preparation and the, the number of girls are too low. So basically I played, but not with the disc. When I am with the disc in my hand, I just go like a dump, a fast dump and run. Yeah. <laughs> so my first championship was like that. Not frisbee player at all. You were just a, a, a good athlete there transferring those skills. So that's good to hear. So as I was preparing for the interview there, reading some articles on you from Ulti World there, you're known for your defense. So would you say that that's what you were bringing to the team in 2011 there? I love to play defense and I think defense makes the, the game and I like uh, defend close and I'm, I'm an aggressive defender I think like I love to jump to the disc and try to cut the disc in, in a layout or something and I like to run I like to jump I like defense is my is my favorite part of the game actually Sometimes it's a little bit frustrating because if you can't make the defense, you most of the times don't touch the disc. But if you can make the defense, it's so grateful, I think. Yeah, you're talking about layouts there. And there are a couple of pictures that will attach there, kind of uh, promoting the podcast, or that you can see where Inesh is going full horizontal, big layouts there on the Eurostars Tour especially. So, uh Big shout out for that. And so 2011, you play, you said that, you know, you're not really an ultimate player at that point. You're just grabbing the disc, dumping it. 
But let's uh, transition here four years later. It's 2015 now. You've played a lot more. You've probably played with your club team there, UFA there, Ultimate Frisbee Algarve as well. So what did you learn in that time to get you ready for 2015? So for me, when I started playing Frisbee, I loved the sport, but it was hard because previously I was a swimmer, right? And I practiced like nine times per week. And when I start in Lisbon to, with Ultimate, because I'm at this point, I'm in, in university, the practice are supposed to, to start at nine. And I arrived like 10 to, 10 to nine and no one is there. And they arrived later. And so for me at the beginning was hard because practices for me, it's another thing, you know? So I just go to leagues and uh, practice on gym or this stuff, but with the disc, no. After 2013, after Europeans, I put on my head, okay, I want to play more. I want to be better. And I talk with my brother-in-law and I start to go to tournaments outside of Portugal alone. And after that, ultimate in Portugal, the structure better and better and better. So it was good. And in 2015, I think this is the big difference between 2011 and 2015. My practices with the disc and play outside of Portugal, play against better people. People in Portugal normally, I, I like to to play against guys to improve my skills. I think that's the difference. You touched on something really interesting earlier. How, as a competitive swimmer and for elite athletics outside of ultimate, people are used to going to practice early putting a lot of time in and sometimes it seems for some countries or some teams ultimate's a little bit behind in that aspect where people are kind of just like showing up right on time or, or late even and maybe a little bit of less preparation so has that been something you've had to adjust in your mind as you've trained in portugal there i i think i, I at the beginning i can change my mind and because of that i i, I stay away from ultimate practices like two years or something like that but now the structure is good at least in my in my club in Portimão we have like three practices per week but two but we pass to to three next week so always at eight and people arrive well some people arrive later (laughs) but Another one's arrived at time. Actually, on Mondays, I arrive later, but it's because of work. So I can't, I can't do different. But yes, I, I think at the beginning, I, I, I can change my mind. Now is, is good, the structure. So I'm happy with that. So in 2018 there, Inesh, you were able to play with another team, not your home club there, another team in Ultimate Discover Lisboa. So can you tell the audience what that was like playing in a pretty big tournament in Europe, the EUCF, the European Ultimate Club Finals there? Actually, it was my first experience, well, after USRs, of course, but like with a Portuguese team. And I never 
had played on European clubs. So it was amazing. This cover played previous year in France and the team stay like on the last place or something like that. And we came to the, this tournament in Poland with a good team, with a good roster. Not a big roster, but a good one. And we, we did a, a good job, I think. <laughs> yeah, fourth place, pretty good. Yeah. So that's a sweet experience. And then you're able to play with another European team there at EUCF in 2019. So what made you change to go play with Cosmic Girls in Russia with Dina there? someone who was also has appeared on the podcast. So what led you to transition over to another team for the European Championships? Okay, so since I'm playing with your stars, I'm trying to increase the women's ultimate in Portugal. But at the same time, I, I, I love to play women's. Um, I'm not the kind of girl, like, I don't like play mixed. No, because I like it. I enjoy it. Some girls uh, feel like the the role is not it's not with too much expression on mixed division. They don't get the disc a lot, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, I don't I don't feel this. But I I love play women's and uh, cosmic girls invite me. So Dina played with me in Eurostar team 2018 and 2019, and. We are good friends, actually, too. And she invited me to play with Cosmic Girls. And I thought, well, this is a amazing and awesome opportunity. So let's, let's do this. Yeah. And you came in second place there. Had, had a lot of good experiences, most likely. So what did you bring back from that experience to your home club in UFA and then also with Team Portugal? What did... what? kind of things did you learn that you brought back to those teams? This is a hard question. Yeah, I give you the hard questions here. I, I try to pass to my community the experience I have uh, outside of Portugal. And of course, Russia have a, a big community. So it's not always easy to me to pass the, some some concept and things to, to Portugal because we are small, like I, like I said, but sometimes Sofia, it's one, one of the girls in Portugal. I don't know if you know her. She tell me, okay, let's, let's improve on, on women's ultimate in Portugal. And I did some practice at Saturdays when, when I'm living in, in close to Lisbon and at the beginning, just two, three, maximum four girls on the practices. And it's not easy for you, like a coach, doing and doing that. But, well, I tried. This experience with Cosmic Girls, for me, it was unique. It was my first medal, European medal. And... The passion and the, the girls on Russia are so competitive and aggressive players, you know. They practice or they work out like they are super, I don't know the words. Focused? They're like focused? Yeah, yeah. It's like, and they, they want to be better and better and better. 
and practice and improving on the throws and physical preparation. So yeah, it it was good. And to me, I, I think if they can, we can do it too. So this is the message I, I try to pass to my country and to my team, my home team. It is like, we, we can do this. We need to practice, of course, like on swimming or basketball or whatever. For sure there. And as you mentioned earlier, you were featured there on the Eurostars Tour in 2018 and 2019. So you must have learned a lot from that. So maybe could you uh, just talk about that experience with, with the audience there? What did you uh, experience there? What did you learn? What was the Eurostars Tour like? We've heard some different perspectives on the Eurostars Tour from Sarah and Dina. So now we get to hear yours. For me, it is amazing because I don't have that competition in Portugal at all. And I like it I, because I'm, uh, I'm super competitive. I like aggressive players. So, I, I mean, like in Portugal or sometimes in Europe, it's hard to play against some girls because it's like you can touch them. It's like uh, always calls a fall or this stuff. And there in, in America, this part for me, it was amazing. And be part of a woman's team. Whoa. <laughs> it's like no words, no words. So seeing the, the, the teams and uh, the work they, they do to have more girls. Uh, actually, the, the last year with Eurostars, before the Fury game, we, we go earlier because they Fury team do a, did a workshop. Yeah, like a clinic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And my God, so many girls and women and whoa, it was amazing. It's like, oh my God, this is possible. Yeah, it is. And the way they, they talk and all of this stuff, it, it, it is so encouraged and motivating to, to do the, the sport. And I think when, when someone try the sport, it's hard to live, you know, but sometimes to try, it's not a big step. So that's a very good point there. And that seems to be something that you're focusing on a little bit in your home country of Portugal there is to try to get more girls interested in that high level of competition, just to get them kind of the bug that you got, right? The the ultimate bug, as we call it, you got the bug and now you want to play all the time and grow and be the best that you can. And you're hoping that some people will get that as well, right? Yeah. That's a fair point there. And I asked this question to Dina and Sarah, so I'm going to ask you the same question. Eurostars Tour, you're going to many different cities, both in America and in my home country, Canada there. So I know you're going to have to, it's going to be hard, but you have to narrow down your favorite city or place to be at on the Eurostars Tour. Boston. What did you like about Boston? Boston have a community, a Portuguese community, a big Portuguese community there. So does Toronto, I might add. <laughs> Toronto has a little Portugal, so just just letting you know. Okay, actually, I I, I like Toronto too. When but in two thousand eighteen, so this past year we we didn't go to Canada. But I love Brood Squad team, the the way they play, the type of game they they have. And I like the city, actually, too. And Team Morel, my 
friend and coach. I'm from Boston too. So there you go. You want to go visit Boston again? It sounds like uh, once the COVID pandemic is over there. And so with all these experiences, Inesh, it looks like Portugal is continuing to grow in its ultimate success and the amount of people playing. As we were talking, Portugal is more known in the past for beach ultimate. So why do you think that is? Is it just because, as you mentioned off air, you just have a lot of beaches around? Is that why beach ultimate is so popular in Portugal and, and why you've been so successful? I think, yes. Well, we have a lot of beach and it's much easier for us because we don't have too many supports in terms of if we want to play on grass, we need to pay and it's not, it, it is expensive. So, and go to the beach is more, it's nothing. It's just go to the beach and practice there. So I think this is a big important point to play more beach. But I think Sofia and Patrick bring the ultimate to Portugal. And I don't know if when they start playing, they start on beach. And now with some people from uh, from outside of Portugal, like we have some people from uh, Colombia or uh, Venezuela, and they want to play more grass, you know? And now grass is gain more expression on, on our country. But I think beach is always more pop popular than, than grass in Portugal. Like you said, it's like Philippines, you know? It's like, it's our home. It's like beach. It's easier for us. So you've been just looking at the results there, Inesh. 2016, the mixed team came in 13th. But if you look at the beach ultimate championships, you're coming in fourth. So you're being very successful on the beach there. Yeah, but in London, actually, it was a not a good tournament because some games are cancelled. So if you go to the results, it's like a lot of teams in ninth played and a lot of teams in thirteenth play. So place. So. So you could have been ninth, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but I understand your point. It's like we are much better on beach than than grass, of course. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying you're bad on the grass, but beach, you've had a lot of success, especially on the world stage there. And in terms of mixed, would you say it's the lack of representation of women in Portuguese ultimate? Is that why you focused more on the mixed and maybe less having a, a women's team on the worlds or European? You probably could have a men's team, right? Or do have a men's team, but not so much uh, women's. Men's, yes, we have. We have men's to do an open team. Like like the last championship here in Putima, the Europeans, we had a, a mixed team, an open team, a, a mixed master team, and an open grandmaster team, something like that, yeah. But no women's, though. No women's, yeah. If we do a mixed uh, team, we can make a women's team. And, actually, to do a women's team, we need, at the beach... We need at least 14 players, right? 13 players. Well, at least 10. <laughs> but yes, but like 14, 13 players. And we don't, we don't have... We, we have 13 girls playing in Portugal, but the level... Big difference, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So what would be your hope in the next couple years for Portuguese Ultimate? Uh, what, what would be the hope that you have for the growth of the sport in your country? I hope the women's community develops and increase and we can practice, have practice, women's practice and achieve to uh, tournaments, first tournaments outside of Portugal and after that try to do a, a selection of women's, yeah. All right, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll check back in a couple of years, Arinash, on, on what's happening there. Yeah. <laughs> to bring it all around here, bring it all the way back, you've stuck with Ultimate for the last almost 10 years now, it sounds like. So you focused a lot of time on your sport. You focused on competitive swimming before. So what led you to stick with Ultimate over other things? We talked about the Ultimate bug earlier, how when people start it, they don't want to leave. So what made you not want to leave the sport of Ultimate? Ultimate, it's not just a sport, you know? It's like when you start, it's hard to leave because it is a competitive sport. It is, it's like, like swimming. I, I was a swimmer, but like swimming, it's like you're doing like pulls, pulls, pulls. Just lengths back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> and here you have different things uh, happen on the game and you practice something, but on the game could be different and well a lot of things but for me the community the ultimate community it's like amazing and people are so friendly and you learn a lot with other peoples from another countries and the culture the well everything i think it's a different life you can leave when you came to Ultimate Frisbee. Yeah, you're fully immersed in it. It's true, a, a big community aspect for sure. And uh, last part of this segment, you know, we talked a lot about your journey there, but I'm going to give you a chance to give some advice now to someone else who maybe was you about 10 years ago, right? Someone that's transferring from another sport, trying to get into Ultimate, high-level Ultimate, be it for their country or club. What's some advice you would give them? For me... To people want to start playing ultimate, I uh, I always talk about everything on sport, like throw the disc, run the community. So this uh, this at the beginning, you have always helpful or so this is this is my always I I try to pass this message to people want to start playing ultimate. To people want to reach another level in ultimate. I think the important thing is be more versatile. I think th this is the important thing because sometimes you have a good handler or a good cutter. And when you want to go to another level, you, okay, I'm a good cutter. To go to another level, okay, I need to practice and improve on my skills like, like a cutter. But if I improve on my handler movement and um, throws and this stuff i will be better for sure and because i i think it's important when you play frisbee okay you have more handlers and cutters but when you are on the field you do everything someone will pass you the disc or some stuff so if you had a good option with the disc like throws inside throw outside and well, whatever you are you will be better for sure sounds great there and 
Versatile. Versatile is my my advice too. <laughs> big big word there and yeah, we love that. And so we're going to move to the second segment here, day-to-day life. Just a quick editor's note. This question was recorded before Portugal went into lockdown recently, and it was recorded before WIFDIF came down with its ruling that all 2021 events would be canceled, which includes the World Ultimate and Guts Championship. I left this question in because Inesh gives a good perspective on preparing for Ultimate upon its return, and we learn about what Inesh has been up to this past year. So talking about being versatile and getting better, what are you doing right now to get better? I know uh, in Canada, at least, or in Toronto, lockdown is happening at the time of this recording. So what's it like there in Portugal with COVID? And, and what about national team training? What about preparations for Worlds in what was supposed to be 2020? We'll see what happens in 2021. But what's that been like? Okay, so Portugal, we are, we were in lockdown. Not now. Now we, we are not in lockdown. And depend the, the part of the country are with more or less restrictions. On my case, in Algarve, we have practice, again, uh, ultimate practice. It is good on this part. But in terms of uh, selection, in terms of uh, national team, we, we stop it. We don't know about the, the world championships because, because our goal is like go to grass championship and do better than we did the last time. So we need like some, and uh, so I don't know about, about uh, this championship. And so what about you, Inesh, in terms of your development as a player? Are you still training right now? Yeah. <laughs> As I mentioned in the bio there, you did a degree in sports science. So you actually work with elite swimmers now. So how do you balance work and also training, playing ultimate for your club and for the national team and all that stuff? Like like you, you said, I, I am a degree in sports science. So I work with swimmers, not like professional swimmers. <laughs> and I am a triathlon teacher too. And for me, in one end, it's easier or my work allows me to to be a, a more active person. But in the other hand, my schedule are not always easy to to manage, like with frisbee or with gym, you know, because I always finish work at eight or nine p.m. But I always try to to get to get to the gym, uh, like. I try at least four times a week. Are gyms open there? Yeah. So that helps, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a lucky person. So I try to get to gym at least four times a week. And we have two, three practices a week, ultimate practices. So I keep doing my workouts, uh, moral <laughs> performance workouts, and try to keep positive and um, strong to prepare for and ready for next tournament yeah when it, whenever it happens there Inesh, we don't know but you're hoping there but uh in terms of your coaching in your work how has that allowed you to be a better player and coach for your club team there in Algarve at this moment I I am a coach of uh little kids not like like between seven and 
13 or something like that. It's not the same thing, but I, previous years, I, I coach people 15 and 20 or something like that. I, I think it helps me to understand people. Like, I, I know, like I told before, in Frisbee, you don't judge too much. You try to help a lot. But sometimes for me, because I came from swim, swimming and I'm super with myself. I am like, I don't know the word, like rigid. No, not, not. You're, you're, you're focused though. Yeah, yeah. You have your goals and you're trying to. Yeah. To reach them. Yeah. So I try, I try to, to understand the other people and help as much as I can at, at the practice. And I think work with kids and uh, coach uh, swimming and triathlon helps me to do that better, I think, too. Yeah, working with kids will give you a lot of patience there. As a former teacher, I can attest to that. So you'll uh, get a lot of patience in working with adults as well once you uh, work with the little kiddos there. <laughs> so last question of this segment here. What are the next goals for Inesh Brinjal? in the ultimate world there what are your what are your goals that you want to achieve are you also planning to run a triathlon since you're a triathlon coach are you planning to do that as well no i'm just coach you're not gonna actually run it <laughs> no not not triathlon i never tried i never tried so i don't know if i like it or not i can i can say it. but in terms of ultimate my goal it was supposed to be this year or covid year i i was supposed to be on Boston to do the tryouts with Brood Squad. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but COVID came and. <laughs> wow, that's a that's some pretty cool stuff, though, right? <laughs> I I hope when COVID goes away. <laughs> Would you be living in Boston then, or just playing tournaments with them? Just playing tournaments, probably. If I can manage to, to do that, yes. Cool, cool, for sure. Now we're going to go back in the archives there. So segment three, memorable games. Do you want to start with your favorite game or your least favorite game that you ever played? At least. <laughs> we'll, we'll change it up on the podcast here today. So we're going to start with your least favorite game. So what's the least favorite game you ever played and tell the audience there? Okay. This is not a hard question because normally I enjoy play every game on Ultimate, but this one was was a bad game for me and for my team. I think one of the games I least liked to play was the the game against Ukraine at the Beach World Championship in France, 2017. Yeah, the reason it was one of the games I least liked to play was the um, the spirit of the game. So we we won the game. So it's not because we lost we lost the game. It's just because a lot of calls on the game and some some of the calls with without any sense, you know? It's like why are you calling that? Actually, I think the the spirit score are too low and they call Ukraine to the to the spirit stuff. At the same championship happened with Sweden and India. Actually, it was a bad spirit too, yeah. 
we we won the game, but we did we didn't enjoy. It. So yeah, for me, it was the worst game I I have played until now. Until now, your story's yet to be written, so it's good. But uh, in terms of spirit, I've talked about this uh, with another person on the podcast, Rowan McDonald, as well, and he's done some traveling and coaching and clinics. And he's noted that spirit is going to be different in different places, right? Where you go, the way North Americans view spirit of the game is going to be different than the way Europeans view it. And so that's always an interesting point as well. So thank you for bringing that up. But now you get to bring out some good news, right? So you got to talk about your favorite game you played in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so here I told before, it's like I always enjoying playing Ultimate. So I have a lot of games, I like it, but I will talk about two games. One of the games I, I most enjoying playing it was in 2015 in Dubai, the World Beat Championship. We played the quarterfinals against Philippines. So you can imagine it was like the type of game, it's very similar, like fast game. We are smaller, like Philippines too. So fast on, on, on sand and we, we were losing the game and normally Portuguese, the mind, the mentality of Portuguese are not so strong when we are losing the games, we normally, it's over. Yeah, it's over. And against Philippines, it was the opposite, you know, it's like, okay, we are losing the game, but let's, let's focus and let's, let's, uh, work and push to, to win the game and we managed to have a, a strong mind and cover and win the, the game. So I enjoyed a lot to play against Philippines in this championship. Your second game, yeah. The other game that I have uh, in my mind and that I love playing was with Eurostars 2019. And why 2019? For me, I play Eurostars 2018 and 2019, but for me, it was much grateful and enjoyable playing in 2019 because most of the time we are a team, like we play for each other and not like to, I am the best one on this, on this team. No, we play to, to each other. So, and the game, this, this game, we, we play against Brute Squad actually. Maybe because it, it is one of my female team's favorite, favorite ones. And we won the game, but it's not because we won the game. It's like, I enjoy playing, not, not because we won, but because I felt it was the game in which we were 100% a team, you know, play to, to each other, like, I can explain. It's like safety passes and... Do you mean like hospital passes or what do you mean? I mean, it's like a team game and that like I, I want to to show me on this game. More than the other games. It's like we play to each other. We play like a team. <laughs> Great. And Inesh, we're going to move to the last segment here. We're going to start with some ultimate related rapid fire questions first so first question here what throw do you prefer your flick or backhand flick what about hammer or scuba hammer would you rather drop a pole or drop a catch in the end zone 
a catch in, in the end zone. What about, would you rather win five silver medals at Worlds or one gold medal? Gold medal. <laughs> what about, uh, these are some more hot topic ones. Should Ultimate be renamed to something else? Another name to Ultimate. Well, you don't have to pick the name, but should there be another name? Or should they just keep Ultimate as the name? Yeah, Ultimate. No? For me, yeah. <laughs> Alright. Some people don't like the name, so... What about, should Ultimate have referees instead of, like, observers or game advisors? Should they have referees, like in basketball, you know, or American and European football? Should Ultimate have referees? Maybe to go to Olympics, we need this. But I think if Ultimate is a spirit sport, maybe continue like we play now. Like, we just... So, I think if we want to maintain the spirit of the game and the thing Ultimate brings to us, I think we should keep this like we have now, but... I know if we go to to try to go to Olympics or another another thing, probably we need reference and stuff like like you said. Yeah, that's fair. And last one of the ultimate related questions. Uh you mentioned this, you kinda of just touched on it. Should Ultimate continue to pursue its place in the Olympic Games? Yes. Yeah, one day you hope to be there, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, I don't know if I, I can, because I'm almost 30, so. Yeah, maybe, maybe you'll be uh, the sports science uh, coach there or something, or one of the technical directors, you never know. So, in terms of, now we're going to move to some non-sports questions. I'm going to give you, these are going to be hard, so uh, be ready for them here. So, I'm going to give you a chance to share a meal with three people. So, you get to eat dinner, you know, a big dinner with three people in the course of human history. They can be living or dead, so you got to pick three people that you're going to eat this meal with. Maybe Michael Phelps, because it was is one of my idols on the the swimming part. Kobe Bryant, it's not not here anymore, but and maybe Sarah Sostrong. I don't know the name actually. I don't know pronunciation the 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 last name, but it's a Swedish swimmer too, and maybe my my idol, woman's idol. Yeah, your female swimming idol there. There you go. Yeah. And now I'm gonna give you a chance to put on a concert in your backyard there in Portimao, Portugal. So you got to pick three bands or artists. The bands and artists could be uh, broken up or still going. You got to pick three that are going to play at your concert in your backyard and the order. So you got to pick who, you know, who's starting, who's in the middle and who's ending the concert there. Pearl Jam to start. Nice. 90s grunge. I like it. <laughs> Beatles in the middle. And to finish, needs to be a band or just a singer? It could be a singer. It could be a singer. Okay. Could be a singer that's not alive either, if you want. So, and and to finish, like, to calm down, Shed Faker. Okay, we'll go with that. I like the the mix there uh, of uh, artists and bands for your concert there. So, last question here. I'm going to give you all the talent in the world, okay? I'm not sure what you're going to pick. You might pick swimming, but you could pick something else. 
You can't pick ultimate though. So gonna give you all the talent and you get to pick the, you know, team or tournament or organization you play for. So for example, you could pick, you know, playing tennis at the Australian Open or at Wimbledon. Well, I, I can tell a lot of things like swimming and the Olympic swimming or something like that or Okay, Olympic swimmer, I like that. Yeah, no, that's good. That's a good answer. And so, Inesh, that actually ends our episode for today. Thank you for coming on all the way from Portugal there. So if our audience wants to find out more about you, where can they find you online? I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram, like Inesh Brinjel, but without accent on my E, like Inesh Brinjel. <laughs> yeah. When I put out this episode, Inesh, I'm going to try to put the accent on your name. So I'm going to find a way to put the accent on there. I'm writing it down right now. Going to make sure we get the accent on the name there. And I'll also attach some of the games that you played in. Hopefully some Eurostars games uh, that are out there as well as some of the Beach Ultimate stuff. Anything I can find, I'll leave that in the show description. So if you want to check that out, see Inesh in action, you can do so. So once again, thank you for coming on the podcast. Really do appreciate it. Time difference and all that. Thank you. Thank you to you. Thanks for listening. Keep an eye out for the next episode where I interview Toli Vasilyev, a player for Toronto GOAT and someone who has played for both Team Russia and Team Canada on the international stage. In this interview, Toli shares about his beginnings in Ultimate in Russia and his move to Canada where we learn some stories and opportunities he had playing with Toronto Goat and Team Canada. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at one underscore and underscore only underscore sports. And you can see some of my commenting highlights on YouTube at one and only sports. Catch you listeners on the flip side. Peace.